We've officially entered the dog days of summer. All there is is baseball. There's 73 days until the college football season. There's 85 days until the NFL season, 119 days until the Major League Baseball playoffs, 126 days until the NBA season comes back around, and 148 seasons until uh, 148 days until college basketball comes back around. This is my hell. This is when all there is is baseball, Jordan, because I love football so much. I just want to talk about football, and that's what this show is all about, just talking with Jordan Black and Tom Hannafin. I just want to talk about football. Am I the only person that, like, we get into this time of the year, and it's like, let's fast forward. Let's try and get to the good stuff, and as a part of it, Jordan, it feels like there's all these topics that will come up, especially with the NFL, that kind of get blown out of proportion, and it's just trying to fill a news cycle. This is like the brings me back to traditional sports broadcasting when you're trying to fill you usually you're like, oh, can I have four minutes? You know, you're begging the weather person. You don't have anything serious, right? News. You don't need to talk about that traffic delay. And you're begging for four minutes instead of your two minutes. But in June and July, you're like, how do I fill that two minutes? Is there a water skiing squirrel? Can I throw him in the sports segment? Um, this, you know, for someone who grew up in a baseball family, I can deal, but mm. I am so eager for football season. Um, once we get under that 100-day mark, I feel like we're so close. I know. We we're taste so, like, it, but it's I'm still the, the offseason. And like you said, we have um, some stuff to talk about because some stuff is going on because, I mean, they're doing the things. They're doing the things. Yeah, they're that's a very good way to put it. Uh, the the thing this week was what is going on with Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills. So uh, some of you may have seen that on Tuesday, he reported to the facility after having done his physical on Monday and then basically left the facility Tuesday after meeting with uh, the head coach, Sean McDermott, the GM. Not exactly sure what really happened. That's the thing is that they're not really coming out and saying, from Orchard Park, exactly what happened with Stefan Diggs. There are assumptions that he's unhappy with his situation mm -hmm. in Buffalo, but there are a lot of people pointing at Jordan the fact that he got paid last offseason right. substantially. He's one of the top three uh, highest paid wide receivers in the NFL, and he's under contract for six seasons beyond when he signed his extension in 2022. So a lot of people are naturally pointing to, okay, well, it can't be money. So maybe it's something to do with how the bills have just kind of disintegrated as the back end of these seasons have gone down. To me, Jordan, I, I felt like this was, again, kind of like what we were just talking about. This felt like the media just trying to blow something out of proportion because there's nothing really there. He was back in practice yesterday, and everybody and his agent included said he's going to be good to go for minicamp. So I don't know. What did you think? Well, it was funny because we had our whole storyline planned if he's not going to be at minicamp, right? And then we had a text chain going, and I'll, I'll pull it up because it was like we get this alert from – ESPN that was like, oh, he's back, right? So it was so short-lived. Um, but, you know, I, I disagree slightly because I don't think it was blown out of proportion. You know, he's not not going to be on the bills. I will say there's something going on chemistry-wise because this is what weirded me out, I will say. Um, from a media perspective, for Sean McDermott to say yesterday that he was very, very concerned because he said it twice. Yeah. And Right. And then he said um, that he excused him. But coaches are always so coy and they know they're media trained and they know what they're doing and they know what they're saying. And then you say that you're very concerned, but you excused him, but that nothing's going on. And if 
we all recall and we all remember the last time we saw them, they were licking their wounds after that upset to the Bengals. And the last time we saw them, um, Stefan Diggs was yelling is a polite way to put it at Josh Allen. Um, so then yesterday or two days ago, um, whenever it was, Josh Allen says, um, we've got some work to do and I can get him the ball more and we have, you know, to work something out and I'll take responsibility for it. So is he going to be on the bills? Yes. Is he at minicamp? Yes. Could there be something personal going on that's not football related? Yes. But is there also a chemistry issue? I think so. I think the I think the issue is that it's kind of Stefan Diggs against the world when it comes to that offense. Yes, J Josh Allen is fantastic, but for some statistical reinforcement here, in his first nine games last season, 72 catches on 98 targets, 985 yards, and seven touchdowns. Solid. Awesome. The nine games that followed, 47 catches, 74 targets, four touchdowns. It was noticeable, especially in the playoffs, that for some reason, the Bills just weren't going to Stefan Diggs. And let's be very clear. This receiving core after Gabe Davis is very, very thin. Isaiah mm -hmm. McKenzie is off to the Colts. I can understand people pointing to, well, they drafted Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, and they can run a two-tight end set with Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox had a great season last year. It, personally, I think, A, he wants more touches, which I completely mm -hmm. understand, and B, I think he's like, get me some freaking help. Gabe Davis right. is a two or a three, depending on what office you, offense you put him in. I, I don't know even if this situation, Jordan, was just, oh, the guy had a personal problem with something completely unrelated to football, and he had yeah. to go home for a minute. Yeah, it could be that, or it could even be, you know, uh, something someone said, someone did. I mean, I, I feel like there's kind of a, a locker room issue that we don't, I mean, I, I, I do feel like there's- He did this in Minnesota. That's what, that's why people, yeah. I think, are blowing it out of proportion. Yeah. He got unhappy in Minnesota, and he wound up in Buffalo, but that's been pretty good so far. Right. I, I'm just curious. I like, I just feel from like this communication standpoint of like the coaching, the, um, press conference of it all. There's just something weird. Don't, don't you think like, I just feel like there's something that was just a little strange, you know? And, and obviously like his agent said, you know, he was there and he was at practice and he did all the right things, but the Sean McDermott comment of it all is just what's throwing me off. Yeah, it seemed like a parent being like, I'm very disappointed in you. Yeah. But at the same time, you hear from Josh Allen and he's, you know, using expletives to say, and I effing love yeah. this guy. That's my effing brother. That's sort of thing. And it seems an extreme thing to say in June when it's like, hey, like we're not even into training camp yet. We're not even really into preseason ball yet. So if there's a substantial problem right now. It's um, I don't know. It's concerning. The fact that he was back was great, but I don't know. I personally think this was really just blown out of proportion. I think the Bills do need to go and add another guy to this receiving core to make it a little bit more diverse. I like the Dalton Kincaid pick, but still, it's a rookie. You don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. It yeah. just feels to me like this is an offense that needs to feed him a little bit more. And also, let's not forget the running back room is a little thin in Buffalo. So it really is. I come back to it. It's Stefan Diggs against the world. How would you react to that, especially in June if you walked in? It's like, what's the game plan we're working on? They still the same old stuff from last year. Well, it's such an interesting conundrum almost. You want to be the guy, but you also want a surrounding cast. Um, so you want to be the alpha wide out, but you also want some help. And I can understand that, right? Everyone wants to be the person you go to, but you also can't do everything, right? We we all face that in so much. So um, it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition of, of thought. Like, 
we could get into like some philosophy, right? Like you want to be the person, but you also like you need help sometimes. So it, it's really interesting. And I'm I'm eager to see it play out. Um, but I, I mean, I think if for Bills fans, like they're probably happy that this storyline is over. Yeah, okay. seemingly. Yeah, yeah seemingly for now. Yeah. The, 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 you have only so much love to give is basically what you're saying. And especially if they were looking to add a veteran wide receiver, there's a guy named DeAndre Hopkins who is out there <laughs> visiting teams left and right. He was visiting the Tennessee Titans last week, um, basically this week, Wednesday evening into Thursday morning, having a visit with the New England Patriots. This is these these seem like some interesting landing spots to me, Jordan, because yeah. if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, you know, you just turned 31 years old on June 6th, and the last two seasons have not been good because of the myriad of health problems. He's had 127 targets or more for nearly eight seasons straight between the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals, and has had some phenomenal years, but the injuries seem to have stacked up. There's people around the league that are saying, he has lost a step. Some of his physical tools have waned, which is normal at 31 years old in the National Football League at wide receiver. It's to be expected. I, I think the choices by him and his representation to visit the Titans and the Patriots to be odd because I don't think either team is winning anything this year. No, the, it is really interesting. But then what was what came out when he said he wasn't really interested in the pay, but he doesn't want to take a <laughs> huge pay cut, right? Who would, but, but that he wants a team that has quote, great management, a quarterback who loves the game and a great defense. So to me, the better defense is going to be the Patriots, right? They're in like the top half of the league every year and have been, and will continue to be um, so long as, as Bill Belichick is there. Um, and, and then there's like the question mark of, is he going to get along with Bill O'Brien and Diana Rossini put that to bed and yes. said like those issues are, are fine. Um, but yeah, I don't see like the Patriots as a contender, but I see them as the better fit. Do you agree? I think the Patriots make a lot more sense. Uh, the cupboard is bare a bit at wide receiver. You've got Devonte Parker. Um, after that, it's still kind of like, eh, like I know they drafted Keishon Butte from LSU. Uh, you got Mikey, Mike Kosicki at tight end, my Penn state guy. Love yeah. that. Uh, got him from the Miami Dolphins. You also have Hunter Henry at tight end. So the, the Patriots used to love their two tight end systems. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it. Um, Mac Jones, I feel like, is not long for New England. No. And it's not because I think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. It's that I don't think this is a happy marriage. I think Bill Belichick and Mac Jones really do not get along. This is very different from maybe the relationship Mac Jones had with Nick Saban. Totally. Understanding the authoritarian mindset. But Mac Jones seems broken by Bill Belichick. And <laughs> at least like when you see interviews with Mac Jones, when he's away from the facility, he seems great. When he's there, he seems like he's in a shell. I, yeah. I think Mac Jones has the potential to be a very good starter in the National Football League. He needs some help. That's very clear. And he got beat up. That offensive line really struggled last year. He could use some other threats at wide receiver. But again, I come back to I like Hopkins motivation. He's not after money, okay? Uh, he wants a quarterback who loves the game. Hard to fault Mac Jones on that. And he wants a good defense. The Patriots have been known to play leather helmet football on defense. But I don't see this team winning its division, let alone making the playoffs this year. So if that's his goal, there's a lot of other teams that would fit the bill. It, but is he going to visit those? Right? Or is it just these two is what, what we've heard, right? 
Like he's just these two is what we've heard. And and here's my point that I'm sure everybody can relate to. This is the time of the year where it's like organized team activity, some mandatory, some not mandatory. We're weeks, months away from training camp. If that's like when you got to show up, why not take this time as a 31 year old veteran to just chill, shop around? Apparently, he's not in any rush to make a decision. It really is so similar to guys who go undrafted when you're kind of in this free agency zone. It reminds me, you've talked to them too. I've talked to them all the time. Talked to one the other day who's like, I went undrafted and then I kind of had a say so in where I went. No one wants to be undrafted. No one wants to not know what team they're starting with come August, September. But you really have more say so of where you're going to be the perfect fit, which OC or DC you're going to work with, who's going to be the best fit for you. And I say like what you're saying, shop around, find out, see who works best for you. Go see which like you're practice which facilities would everything you like and I think like you're saying maybe two teams isn't gonna show DeAndre Hopkins exactly what he wants in a team um and so maybe we'll find out that there are more teams um that fit the bill of exactly what he's looking for what's also interesting is that he doesn't want to take a steep discount um from what he was going to be making with the Cardinals which was around like 19 this year um but that evaluations have him around like eight or 10. So that's going to be really interesting too. I think that's also going to affect the team that he picks, because if you're trying to hold on to some of that money and listen, the guy's made his money, but you're maybe going to look at some teams that are in uh, no state income tax states like Texas or Florida, for instance, there could be some good options there. Uh, Yeah. Deandre Hopkins visiting the Titans. I found to be a head scratcher. I think that's a decent organization. That's a good organization in front office, and I like Mike Vrabel. But I think the, the the core of that team is trending in the wrong direction. If you want to win, if you potentially want to be a part of a championship team, it, it doesn't make all that much sense to me. I think the Patriots of the two that he's visited uh, make sense to me for him to land there. But still, like, what about the Dallas Cowboys, a team that yeah. absolutely could use a second to C.D. Lamb and also a veteran that could help coach him up a little bit. How about within the same division? Uh, with the, the New York Giants look like they are primed to at least make some advances within the NFC, maybe not take over the Eagles in terms of winning the NFC East. I just think there's a lot of other suitors out there. I also look at what Odell Beckham Jr. did in that he yeah. took his time and it sounds like he and Lamar Jackson are just getting along famously in Baltimore so far, and they're doing great, and there's a nice supporting cast of Rashad Bateman. They drafted Zay Flowers, so it's not all on one guy, whereas if you put DeAndre Hopkins in there in New England, is Kayshawn Booty your, your number one? Is DeAndre your number one? I don't know if it should be at a point in his career where Hopkins is the slated number one receiver. Look at the slew of guys that went in and out of Tampa Bay the last few years. Odell Beckham Jr.'s value has come up a lot. Do you think that they're like the same? No, because Odell, mind you, missed basically a year and a half football. Yeah. Now, granted, he was away and was able to to heal up. DeAndre Hopkins, it's been on the hamster wheel, on the hamster wheel, on the hamster wheel, and only brief breaks here and there. I I don't know if he's going to be able to get back to that form he was in when he was 29, so... I, I hope he finds the right spot for him, and ultimately, uh, he's probably going to have to take a substantial pay cut to land on the appropriate exactly. team, but it's not bad to not be hurting for money. Also, what you said about the Titans on a, a team that's on the up and up, its he wants to go to a, a team with a great quarterback, and it's not that Ryan Tannehill isn't a good quarterback, but he's, uh, he's, he's on his way out, like right? Like, it's not – I mean, it's not – 
Ryan Tannehill I, is going to be here for forever. I mean, I he, like Mac Jones better than I like the possibility of Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We Will Levis didn't get drafted when he thought he was going to for a reason, right? We'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. I agree. As a as a Penn State guy, I have a very good understanding of why. Uh, <laughs> right now is a, a segment that we're going to try and do recurrently on this show. It's kind of like buy or sell, but we're all about the J's and T's. So this is juke or tackle for us here on Just Talking. So the first one, Jordan, I'll lob this up to you. Uh, speaking of the Patriots, Bill Belichick is on the hot seat in New England. Juke or tackle? Juke. Um, did I do it right? You did it great. You nailed okay. it. Now you can explain Ooh. why. <laughs> okay. I was like, wait, I'm like going through the game the first time. It's like, um, I don't even know. I'm a rookie. I know. Um, We're all learning. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, he is, it, everything's on his own terms. It's not like he's done anything to show us that he is fading, that his defenses have gotten worse. He's never made a bad call, a bonehead move. Um, yeah, they haven't been to the playoffs in two of the last three years. Um, but I don't think there's anything to worry about. And I think if there's anything that's going to happen, like he makes a move to a, the front office, um, it's going to be on his own terms. And maybe, you know, there'll be some sideline discussions with Robert Kraft. But um, it's not like he's fading. Um, and yes, his team has shuffled a bit. But I certainly don't think we have anything to worry about with the greatest NFL coach of all times or one of one of the um, greatest. I agree with you. I am going to juke this one. I think Bill Belichick is doing just fine in New England. I think very similar to what we were talking about uh, in regards to Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills. Was this the national media trying to make something out of nothing? And yeah, it's been two or three rough years. And I know a lot of people are pointing towards, well, Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl with the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then Bill Belichick and company really had their struggles. It's like, yeah, uh, I think it's been proven what Tom Brady was to the New England Patriots. And it's okay to say this was a symbiotic relationship. It's really okay to admit yeah. that. It doesn't have to be so black and white. But I think the Patriots are in a rebuilding phase. And just as we were talking about, like if they're thinking about bringing in DeAndre Hopkins to support this receiving core, support this offense, they're still building. The, the fact of the matter is this is a team that is built through the draft for a number of decades. So they have to get back to that. I don't necessarily think going after free agents is going to patchwork your way to the playoffs right this second or even a, uh, a division championship, conference championship, Super Bowl championship. This team's a long way from that, and I also think Bill Belichick's a long way from leaving New England. Um, our next one in Juker Tackle, the Jacksonville Jaguars will win the AFC South. We were just talking about the Titans. This whole division is fascinating to me. What do you think? Juker Tackle. On I'm that. tackling this one. Mm. I think it's the Jags division to lose, so I think they're going to win it. Um and I think the only team that could give them a run for their money right now is the Colts. A lot of people are like, oh, maybe the Texans, but we don't know what CJ Stroud is going to do. I mean, was he amazing at Ohio State? Sure. Will he have a better surrounding cast in, in um, Houston? Yeah. A new head coach? Yeah. But we have no idea. The, t um, the Jags, we do know. Trevor Lawrence has shown us what that quarterback that they drafted looks like we know that they have a great head coach um and they they've shown us that they can play in the playoffs um they've really done some um made some changes that um have shown us that they can 
change or excuse me, change things up in the right way um, and proven that they're a team that leads that division. And I don't think that anyone else is going to give them a run for their money besides maybe the Colts. Um, but again, some question marks there. This is a weird division. I go with you on the CJ Stroud pick. I think, first of all, I think it's a nice fit in Houston. But let's not forget, you have Anthony Richardson out of Florida who gets drafted by the Colts. I'm not sold on he even becoming a viable starter in the National Football League, but he's also a freak athlete. So that could turn into something none of us really see coming. And then we were just talking about the Tennessee Titans. I, I kind of expect Ryan Tannehill to get supplanted by Will <laughs> Levis very quickly into this season. How many weeks? I don't know. But it just seems like a murderer's row of young quarterbacks who are unproven and untested. So when that comes up, it just means that the entire division is going to be unpredictable. So who do you like? You like the Jacksonville Jaguars because they have the least amount of unpredictability. Trevor Lawrence has proved himself to be a very good starting quarterback in the National Football League and is still developing. And it seems like Doug Peterson, again, my former Philadelphia Eagle guy, I, I think he's far and away the best coach in the division. So they seem to be geared in the right direction with this entire thing and a slew of young quarterbacks, like I mentioned. I don't necessarily like that for the rest of the division. Uh, wrapping up Juker Tackle here, our final one. This one is in the NFC South. Number one overall pick, speaking of young quarterbacks, Bryce Young and the Panthers will make the playoffs. Juker Tackle. I'm juking this one. Mm. I'm, I really like Br Bryce Young. I believe in him. Um, and I think that a lot of Alabama quarterbacks have – in recent years, set the precedent to do great things in the NFL. You have Mac Jones, you have Tua, um, but he does not have a surrounding cast around him, um, and he might have had better ones at Alabama. I think it's safe to say he's had better ones at Alabama uh, at that level, considering the just at least right now the in, stockpile in of number one wide receivers. Yeah, I, I think Carolina is going to sneak under the radar for a lot of people. Miles Sanders, you're tackling. Uh, I am tackling this. Okay. I am tackling the number one overall pick, Bryce Young, and the Panthers making the playoffs. Because you look at the rest of that division, especially, the Falcons are not going to do much. Uh, this is going to be a rough season for Tampa Bay if Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask is the starting quarterback. That's going to be difficult. And the New Orleans Saints, I think, with Derek Carr, have the chance to put up a lot of points, but maybe not play the best defense. So that could be a shootout. So I, I go kind of go between the Panthers and the Saints. I like the Panthers' defense a lot better with Brian Burns, and I think there's a sneaky good wide receiver and tight end core for the Panthers that, yes, DJ Moore got traded to the Bears, yeah. but I think Bryce can have a little bit more to work with. What do you think? I I, I still I, – I, I'm waiting for it to be seen, um, and I really like him as a quarterback. I think he's deserving of the number one pick, but I need to see how he fares in the NFL, and I still think like a lot of people were worried about his size a little bit. Um, and that changes in the NFL, right? You have different strength coaches and, you know, you, we will see. Um, but he's going to be tested, right? And it's going to he's going to be tested early and often. So, um, like I said, I believe in him. I'm just – I don't know if I believe in him against that division. Fair. Frank Reich has said Andy Dalton is going to be the starter week one. We'll see if that remains true. Uh, this has been Just Talking. We are desperate for football season, as you can tell. Uh, we'll be back again soon. She's Jordan. I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in.